Are you curious about data analytics, data science, and the entire world of big data? Stay tuned to the Zista podcast as we dive deeper into this specific area. Welcome to the Zista podcast, where we invite industry leaders and academicians to answer questions that students have within a specific subject area. Today, we're going to be focusing on data analytics and joining us is Hari Sarabhnabhavan. Hari has over 19 years of experience. He started his career in the advertising space with contract advertising. He's worked with companies like Airtel, Genpact, IBM, and Cognizant. And today, he's the vice president of global analytics at Concentrix. Hari is a member of the Forbes Technology Council He's been voted as the top 10 influential data science leaders you should follow in 2023 by Analytics Insight Magazine. And he's an absolute subject matter expert. Let's go straight into this session. Welcome to the podcast, Hari. We're delighted to have you here today. Thanks so much, Amit. Uh, nice meeting you and uh, really happy to be a part of this podcast that you're doing. Absolutely. Really, it's our pleasure that you're here. Hari, I wanted to ask you a, a very basic question first. What really sparked your interest in data analytics and how did you start your career in this field? Uh, good question. And, you know, I got to probably uh, go back 20 years plus uh, to answer this question. So, uh, but it's a good question because, you know, there is a reason why I got into data analytics. And let me just give a perspective around that. You know, I started my career in advertising and uh, being in brand management. Um, a lot of times, you know, at, at that point of time, you know, I used to hear these comments to say, this is the way I think my customer is. Uh, this is the way I think the consumer is and stuff like that. Right? And I used to just wonder that, hey, you know, every individual could have a different perspective of what that customer or consumer would really look like. And what is a good way to really authenticate that? Right. And that's where the spark about hey, is there a better way to really understand your customer or your consumer, depending on, you know, which brand you're talking about. Uh, was was really there in the back of my mind, right? So this is almost 25 years back when when I used to start thinking that, uh, you know, can the world really have something more empirical? Uh, can the world have something very, you know, um, very um, logical to say, yeah, this is really how my customer or consumer is, right? So that that was really my first incident when I was in advertising and brand management, which is really one of my passion areas. Uh, the other piece was, you know, I used to run a line function for a large uh, organization and. You know, over a period of time, when I was running that function, I really felt that, you know, um, a lot of things that happen in and around the metrics is something that I'm really aware of, my team is really aware of. What change can you really bring about? How can you really improve yourself, uh, you know, from where you are, uh, other than the knowledge and, you know, all the skills that, that people already have, right? So those were really two incidents where uh, I would say data analytics uh, played a role. And in both cases, you know, today, a lot of work that I do, let's say in marketing analytics and stuff like that is really getting an empirical view on your consumers, uh, on your customers. Uh, so customer analytics, as they call it, right? Or journey mappings and stuff like that. All of this is really true coming in from the first incident. The second one, which is, you know, uh, where it's a line function. I do a lot of work in that as well. And today we use a lot of data and analytics to, you know, to move away from what I would say gut led and, you know, uh, knowledge uh, of, of that individual. Uh, into something which is more empirical and, and you know can be accepted by a larger part of the world, right? So those two incidents, you know, early parts of my career, they really shaped up my thoughts and processes uh, around data analytics, and, and I've been that way 
you know, ever since those thoughts really came to my head. Interesting. Indeed, you know, when you're making big decisions, going by data, data that you can trust uh, is far better than just following your gut instinct. And I can imagine in organizations of different sizes uh, that a lot of importance is being played, a lot of importance is being paid to this, right? Yeah. So uh, it's really interesting that the work that you're doing and uh, the kind of projects that you get to work on. Hari, how would you explain data analytics to someone who does not know too much about it? Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. Uh, one of the things I want to call out, and I think you know, in, in a previous conversation that I had with you, uh, I'd mentioned this. That even today, um, you know, there is no standard definition for data analytics. Okay, uh, just as a, as an example, data analytics is also called as big data analytics. In some cases, called business analytics. Some people say, hey, it's data sciences, so on and so forth. So it is a complicated world from that perspective. So just from a landing standpoint for everybody to know, uh, it, it is a complex world, right? Uh, but to simplify it in a, in a, in a simple sentence, uh, I would say that you know, data analytics is really the, uh, the application of um, technology science. Uh, and I would include art, uh, maybe not everybody, but I would include art, uh, you know, to data so that you can uh, drive the right kind of insights the right kind of outcomes to problems that, that you're looking to solve for, right? That That's probably the most simplest form of, of putting that together. Uh, I'm simplifying it. You know, the moment I say, you know, apply art, apply science, apply technology, uh, they have their own, uh, you know, ways and means to do it. Uh, and that's really where the complexity really comes through, right? But at a, at, a, at a grassroots level, that's what you're trying to do. You're looking at data, you're trying to apply the right kind of technology, science and art. Uh, to drive, you know, uh, the right kind of insights and outcomes uh, for whatever challenge that you're really trying to pursue or whatever opportunity you're trying to pursue with. That's a good explanation, as good as any I've heard. And I'm sure uh, you've broken it down in simple words. And I think you being a thought leader in this space allows you to do that. You know, very often you see people who are really subject matter experts in a particular domain are able to explain complex ideas in very simple words. And that's exactly what you've done right now. Hari, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm so I, mean, I think probably, you know, uh, just from a simplification standpoint, right, I would just say, if you just look at a few examples, right? Sure. Uh, hey, you know, uh, how can I use data analytics to give the right kind of, let's say, loan to an individual? Okay. Now that's a very simple problem statement. Should I give a loan? Yes or no. Uh, but right. if you look at it from a, a data analytics standpoint, there are a lot of things that you're talking about. Hey, is the is the person eligible? Will the person really, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, be in a position to repay the loan? Uh, you know, should I give it at a particular interest rate? So on and so forth. Now, all of that is data analytics. On the outside, it just seems like there is an organization that can, you know, give a loan, and there is a consumer who's really going to take that loan, right? So that's a problem statement. But how do you use science, technology, art, like I said earlier, and the right kind of processes uh, for us to make you know that entire use case come come to life? Uh, just just as an example, right? So that's really uh, on a loan example. You could do that in collections. You could do you could do that in um, in supply chain. Uh, supply chain is a very good example. A lot of us today use Amazon, and you you know you go go to a website and you click and say you want a product, right? There's a lot of analytics that happen on the back end to say one. You know, did you give the uh, the uh, consumer the right kind of choices, right? Uh, you're looking at past history, their browser history, so on and so forth. What have they purchased from you? All of that is data that is being analyzed for you to push the right kind of recommendations up to the up to the consumer, right? So, a recommendation engine is really you know a good 
example of what you do with data and analytics. So that's one part. There's the entire backend part to say, how do you manage the delivery, right? I mean, can it go to the customer at the right, right time? Do they have preferences that you need to cater to, so on and so forth? Are they a, a special customer? Are they not a special customer? Do the rates change? All of that really is data that you that you process and analyze and just make sure that the entire CX, the entire experience that you give from an end-to-end -end perspective is really top-notch, uh, you know, at the end of the day, right? So uh, some examples, you know, just to add to the complexity uh, of what I try to, you know, uh, mention in a, in a simple line, uh, Amit. Thanks for those examples. You know, I think examples really help to drive a point home. Sure. Uh, Hari, I wanted to ask you one more question, you know, in the context of, say, a deployment or a project, what are the different roles or functions uh, within data analytics? Could you maybe touch upon that? Yes, yeah, a good question. Actually, it's an ever-growing list, to be honest, uh, you know, in the, in the world of data analytics. But broadly, I would say there are three or four skill sets, right? Uh, the first important skill, to, skill set is really in and around the area of data. So what do you call as data management? Uh, how do you really manage your data well? Uh, there are different um, roles that are being called out, like a data engineer, as an example, or a data analyst, uh, right? So that's really on the what I call the upstream, you know, managing the entire data, uh, sure. housing the data in the right form, uh, processing the data and stuff like that, right? And the second piece is, is really on the analytics side. Uh, how do you really, you know, take the data and convert that into meaningful insights? So you've heard of terminology called data scientists. Uh, you know, some people will call it as a business analyst. Again, you know, the terminologies can change. Uh, but the role is to really manage the data in a form where you convert that data into meaningful insights. And finally, there is uh, the aspect of presenting that data in a, in a way that people can consume, the end consumers can consume, right? Uh, which is where you have, you know, a reporting analyst, uh, you know, which are really on the uh, on the right hand side of the of the spectrum or the downstream of the spectrum. You've got visualization experts, so on and so forth, who really help you look at the insights in a way where you can make the right kind of decisions, right? So I would say from a end-to-end -end perspective, there is the entire uh, data portion, there's the analytics portion, and then there is the orchestration portion, which all come together as different skill sets uh, to make all of this, you know, come to life. Over and above this, typically what is required is you also need what is called domain expertise. So depending on which industry and what problems you're trying to solve, you need people who can give the entire piece uh, an industry or a domain flavor to make this, you know, uh, make this come to life and make this relevant. Uh, so that's really another big skill set uh, that's very important. And finally, one last skill set, which I'm a, a big believer in is, uh, is what I call translators. Uh, you know, when you look at data, when you look at uh, the entire science, uh, the art component of it is to really convert all of that into meaningful, um, meaningful, simple uh, outcomes that people can understand, right? Whether it's within the organization or outside the organization. So translators is a big role, in my opinion, uh, which sits, you know, across the entire spectrum, converting what is complicated into simple bytes uh, that the larger world can really consume, right? So I would say, those are five big roles uh, in my mind uh, that the industry typically has. You could you could add some nuances around it, you know, depending on the organization, depending on the use case and stuff like that. But broadly, these would be the uh, you know the roles that uh, organizations would typically look for. Awesome. There's so much progress I feel that's made in terms of uh, you know on the visualization side of things. So earlier back in the day when you used to look at data, I used to always be in a tabular format, but now you have so many graphical ways to to express that same data that uh, leaders and managers find it easy to consume that content 
actually make some sense of it and make good decisions. So that really is the uh, larger intent of yeah. launching a data analytics project, right? So it's really yeah. interesting that you covered all those different elements. And of course, added the aspect of the translator as well, making everything bite-sized and easy to understand. So thanks right. for that. Yeah, just to add to what you said, I mean, it's sure, a great sure. point, right? Uh, from an outside in the way you're looking at this, you know, uh, I would I would think that the more we democratize insights, right, the more the the visualization uh, visualization layer becomes important. Because when you are democratizing insights, you want to make sure that the level of effort that is required by your end stakeholders, this could be internal or external, uh, is really at the, at the lowest level, right? Because then they would like to consume what you're pushing through, right? Uh, so visualization really becomes a very, very important uh, factor when you look at it from that standpoint. And that has actually assumed a lot of importance the last few years. Earlier, it was used, it used to be more about pushing the insights out, right? Now you're really pulling the insights, uh, which means that the more democratized your insights are, the better is a decision-making uh, ability for an organization or for a structure. Uh, it could be a public sector as well, right? Uh, for them to really do the right things you know, with the data that's housed uh, within the organization. So absolutely, I think visualization is a big critical uh, piece uh, you know, in the entire democratization journey. Sure. Hari, I wanted to ask you a question and maybe this one isn't as easy to answer. If you are a business or uh, even an individual, how do you identify the right question or problem to solve using analytics? That's a good question. Uh, and it is it is not an easy answer, but you know, I'll, I'll try and uh, give my perspective around it, right? Um, you know, at, at the you know, at the fundamental level, Amit, uh, when you look at data analytics, there are three things that data analytics can really do, right? The first one is, uh, you know, what I call in my world, um, you know, run better. So you have got, you have something today and you know, you have this need or you have this perspective to say, can I do this better? Right? So that's how you start building your use cases to say, I'm running, uh, running a process today. Can I run that better? And better could be anything, right? You could improve your top line, uh, better could be, you know, your, you improve your bottom line, so on and so forth. So you, you define your metrics, but the, at the end of the day, you're trying to run better an existing process uh, sure. that you already have. Right. Uh, I would say that really is, is at the bottom bottom level of the you know uh, of the table. Uh, as you move on, you move to what is called run different, which means that you know you're not just looking at efficiency, but you're really looking at effectiveness, which means that you're looking at different ways uh, you know to really tackle that problem or that opportunity, and that becomes your use case, right? And finally, I would say that the third uh, aspect of all of this is really what I said transformation. So you're doing a complete changeover and say, what I'm doing today is not sufficient. Can I really change this over and really, you know, transform the entire way of looking at things, right? Um, for example, you know, when you're looking at, um, you know, delivery, uh, as an example, right? And, and you know, earlier you used to have organizations, uh, sorry, you used to have uh, consumers come to you and, and pick up stuff. Now you're really, really doing delivery. That's really a transformation. Now to do that transformation, what kind of data is required? What kind of analytics is required? That's really, you know, very different from what you would do when you're trying to entertain customers or consumers who are coming over to your to your retail outlet, right? So I would say that, you know, depending on which part of the journey you are in, you start defining your use cases with that perspective, right? Are you looking at doing uh, things better? Are you looking at doing, the, doing things different? Or are you really looking to transform the business? Basis that you really build out your use cases and, and you know, uh, obviously, you know, uh, work through the entire process. Uh, in the world of data analytics, th this is my perspective, you know, everything gets broken down as use cases to begin with. 
so you've got to really look at your use case. You've got to look at, do you have the right data to support the use case? Can you analyze that data? Do you have all the compute power to work through the data and you know uh, give logical uh, recommendations and insights? And how are you going to really orchestrate the actions coming out of all of this, right? And once you have a use case which is uh, well-defined, well-executed, and if it is going to give you the kind of impact that you want, then you really move that into a pervasive uh, you know, business case. And, and you know roll that out you know in a more pervasive manner so uh, the data analytics world is, is well accustomed uh, to the use case methodology so start off with the use case and you know you could have uh, different ways of you know um, uh, positioning your use cases you you could say you know high impact low effort low impact low effort you know stuff like that right so you could put out a matrix and say this is the way i will start and this is the way i will keep this as a pervasive uh, you know um, uh, long term process for me to get that use case into a you know into a bigger it could sometimes it could even become a you know a bigger ongoing business problem that you will try and address right so i would say that's a typical methodology uh, that organizations would would use uh, and in in the data and analytics world and I, I think it's a tried and tested methodology you know people people have found success going from a use case methodology all the way to becoming a pervasive function there's so much I learned just right now, you know, and uh, you talked about efficiency, you talked about effectiveness, and you talked about transformation. And so many times in the context of data analytics, you, you, you know, we hear things like you have an engine which can help you predict what may happen next. So does that uh, fall within the transformation bucket or actually that predictive element can fall into each of those three buckets? It can actually uh, fall in each of the three, uh, but primarily on the right-hand side, which means it's more about uh, effectiveness and on transformation. Uh, efficiency is really, you know, if you look at efficiency, even by the definition, right? It, you're, it's probably at a lower level. It's not that it's not important, it's important, but it's really at a lower level on the rungs of the ladder. Uh, and you're really looking at what is there existing for you to improve, right? Uh, the moment you're getting to the value curve, the analytics value curve, which is towards predictive, prescriptive AI and stuff like that, Sure. In most cases, you're really moving towards uh, to the right hand side of the spectrum, which is, you know, uh, on effectiveness and transmission. But that's not to say that you can't do it uh, on the efficiency side. You can use a lot of AI today on the efficiency side as well. Uh, you know, automation is a good example, right? Uh, you could use automation in the efficiency side. So it depends on the use case. But I would say in general, the right hand side of that spectrum is, is uh, catered more towards uh, efficiency transformation. That's where advanced analytics, AI really plays a big role. The left-hand side is really more about operational improvements. Got it. Got it. Um, now, when you implement a, a recommendation, which has come from an AI system or a data analytics system or engine, you would have some metrics to measure whether that thing has been successful or not. But yeah. how do you, uh, at a more macro level, uh, decipher or understand whether the system itself is working as intended? You know, uh, right. How do you manage that? Yeah, without getting too technical, and again, you know, uh, I would just say at the, at the you know, uh, at a very high level, uh, we do what is called a champion challenger. So you've got a system that's working, uh, you're, you're challenging that system, you compare the results out of the two systems. Uh, and when I say system using that more loosely, it could be algorithms and models and stuff like that, right? Um, so you really compare contrast, and that's what we call champion challenger, and then you know what the results are. Uh, so you hold out a, you know, a sample. Uh, so there's a test and a control, you hold out. And when you do the comparison from an outcome standpoint, you really are able to say whether the model worked better or not. So that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is also what is called out of time validation, which means that you take it for a different period 
And if you build out a, a set of algorithms, you know, you apply it uh, to a different period and see whether it holds good or not. And uh, if it holds good, you know, where is the incremental really coming through, right? So those are typically the two ways uh, in which you would measure the efficacy of whatever you're building out. It could be a system, it could be a model, so on and so forth. Um, in in most cases, I would say that this is the way you, you do it. You know, A-B testing, if you remember the last conversation that we had, right? In the creative conversation, A-B testing is another way that you really, you know, do this uh, from a terminology standpoint, right? So uh, I would say that that's, that's really how the industry works, uh, which is, you know, you, you do either of these for you to really compare contrast and say, or do an out-of-time validation to figure out whether your, your models are, uh, are as efficient or not. Uh, or as effective, effective and efficient uh, or not, uh, you know, depending on the use case that you're really trying to solve. Right. All right. That's interesting. And it's interesting to know that A-B testing is not just limited to the world of creativity and, and communication. It, it's most certainly used in different contexts and data, data analytics is no stranger there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Hari, I wanted to ask you uh, one more question. Now, let's say I'm an individual. I want to build a career as a data scientist or a data analyst. Uh, as a data analyst, <clears throat> what skills or certifications uh, should I possess? Um, so again, you know, it could be a big laundry list uh, of, of you know skills and certification because the, because the industry is like that. Right? It's, it's ever evolving and stuff like that. But I think at the at the grassroots level, you know, uh, there are probably three or four. Uh, competency areas that an individual should really focus on. And you'll never sure. have the best of all. Uh, it's really your, your individual characteristic, your personality, what really, you know, um, uh, motivates you and, and you, know, uh, you know, you can really, you know, change. One is really technology. So, you know, uh, you could be on the, on the computer science world, you could really look at uh, coding and, and stuff like that. Uh, so if you look at uh, the stuff around data, uh, you know, uh, managing the data, manipulation, so on and so forth. It's, it's a big area, right? Data engineering. So, uh, but that's got a very strong technology background. So that could be, you know, a set of skills that you would have in, in technology. The second, what I call my world is techniques, uh, which is where the analytics piece really comes through. So when I say techniques, you know, how do you do predictive stuff? Uh, all the data science, all the advanced analytics, how do you build the models and, and things like that, right? That's really the second stream. Typically, you know, you have a background in statistics, uh, economics and, and stuff like that. So that's really your, your techniques, the second portion. Uh, the third piece is really on on uh, BI, uh, which is business intelligence. You got you know reporting. Um, so how do you really you know take all the insights and and you know uh, like you said earlier, allow people to consume it in a way where they can make the right kind of decisions, right? So it's got to have the right kind of appeal. It's got to uh, have the right kind of ease for people to really make the right kind of decisions, right? So that you know the BI portion is really a combination. Uh, you could have some amount of of um, techniques and some amount of technology as well. So that's really the third skill set. Uh, the fourth skill set in my mind is domain. Uh, you know, what domain do you really come from, right? So banking could be a domain, right? Supply chain could be a domain, uh, domain or industry, right? So that's really the fourth one. And um, I think it's a very, very important, um, you know, component in the entire data analytics world because the relevancy of the use case, it really depends on the domain or the, or the industry, right? And fifth, like I said, uh, is, you know, could be uh, what I would loosely call as more general management skills. Uh, in this world, uh, and why I say general management is, you know, how do you program manage all of this, right? Uh, always remember that in the technical world or the technology world, converting everything, communicating the right way, you know, making sure that your stakeholders are understanding. So that's where the translators, etc., come in. Uh, it's it's a very strong skill set. You know, a lot of people undermine that skill set, uh, but it's really an important skill set, right? So it's more general management skills where you have a mix or a good understanding of all of this, and and you're able to convey 
uh, both ways, right? You know, take stuff from your stakeholders and give it back to the team. Uh, and, and vice versa, you know, uh, take stuff from the team and give it back to your stakeholders, just like how client servicing happens in a in an agency, right? Very similar to that. You can never undermine that role, right? Because if the brief is wrong, your creative is wrong, the same way, right? If the brief is wrong, your models are going to be wrong and, and vice versa. If you, if you are not able to convey the model uh, outcomes the right way uh, to your stakeholders, again, you know, you're probably not going to have a successful program, right? So those are, those are the five skills that, uh, you know, that sit in different buckets. Again, there are going to be varying levels of, you know, um, uh, I would say tools and, and and stuff like that, that over a period of time, people need to, you know, uh, get used to and, and get uh, get to be experts at. Um, but, you know, broad level, you know, individuals should really be clear which way they want to go, right? Um, I would say that today, the world is also converging. So you've got people trying to get more than one competency in. Uh, it's not an easy thing. Uh, everybody wants a, a unicorn. Uh, you know, when everything comes together, but um, but again, you know, there could be different schools of thought. You could go deep, uh, you know, being a good, good, good data scientist, become a master data scientist, so on and so forth. Similarly, you could be a good data engineer and then become an AI engineer in the data world, so on and so forth. So it really depends on uh, the individual preferences, but at a broad level, I would think that those are some of the cuts that you would see in the industry. Interesting. And thank you so much for, you know, highlighting um, all these points. Uh, from all the points that you mentioned, the element of domain knowledge is something if, say, for example, you're a fresher, you don't have any domain knowledge. So the only way to get that domain knowledge then would be to work on a project or take up a job which allows you to work with that domain. I right. think one, one thing that I can say is that uh, maybe students could uh, help that to choose the right job, you know, a job which allows them to work in a specific domain. But it's so interesting, you know, uh, the amount of data that's being generated, the way it's being uh, modeled and manipulated. Uh, there's a lot of scope for people to do well in this industry. There will definitely be a need for people to join this industry. And I'm sure, you know, hearing from you, um, I mean, a lot of students would be interested to kind of explore this further and, you know, uh, go deeper into this space. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a it's a growing industry, and uh, there's always a need for professionals across you know the spectrum that we just spoke about. Uh, and in my own mind, uh, I think you know more and more organizations are really going to be what I would say you know analytic, analytically sensitive and analytically uh, inclined. It's just a matter of time, right? You will really see that to be uh, you know on a on a rise because data is being generated, right? And if you treat data as a as a raw material as a resource. Uh, and you really put your mind together and say, I'm going to use this data the right way. Uh, every organization will really become a data-driven organization, right? Uh, so in my mind, you know, when we call the digital natives, uh, you know, organizations that are really born in, in, in this era, uh, most of them really are successful because they have a very strong data and analytics uh, approach uh, and a culture within their organization, right? All their decision-making, et cetera, is really data-driven, insights-driven, intelligence-driven. Uh, and for that, you know, you need this this kind of a, a spectrum to work uh, on the back end for you, right? So absolutely, I mean, it's a it's an evergreen industry, and uh, and it's probably going to get to the next level of uh, you know soaring success, uh, you know, as we move forward. Awesome, thank you, Hari. Thank you so much for taking time out from your day and coming on our podcast. Uh, some of the thoughts and and the points that you shared here are absolutely amazing. So I'd like to thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for this opportunity, Amit. And, uh, you know, being from the industry, I would love you know, to have uh, 
more and more, uh, you know, young blood uh, coming into the industry and, uh, and obviously, you know, also challenging what we do today. So that's how, that's how industries grow. Uh, I always keep telling people that this is an industry which is, uh, you know, where you've got to keep learning. Uh, you know, there's no time to stagnate, right? Uh, because that's that's the you know dynamic nature of the industry. So uh, we spoke about data, then came analytics, and you know then came AI. From AI, now we're in Gen AI. It, it's it's never ending, right? It's fascinating. So I would I would just give a thumbs up, uh, you know, to the industry and say, you know, be part of the industry. Absolutely. Awesome, Ken. I hope you enjoyed this session. There's just so much we learned about data analytics, about the different job roles and functions. The fact that the industry has a bright future and needs qualified professionals. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube if you like what you're seeing. We're going to keep creating content like this, content that adds value to you. Follow us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Our handle is Resista Podcast. Till we meet again, we'd say, stay curious.